This I Work For Him podcast is brought to you by the Pocket Testament League. Visit ptl.org for practical resources and encouragement to help you share your faith. ptl.org. Hey, welcome to I Work For Him this afternoon. We're so glad you've tuned in. However you are listening, just know we always pray before the show that something we say will cause you to dig deeper into connecting your faith and your work, that something we say will cause you to just understand your role as being powerful and important in the kingdom, no matter what your work is every day, because it's so important that you recognize that your workplace really is your mission field. And in that mission field, you and me, we may be the only Jesus our coworkers, our employees may ever meet. Martha, why don't you tell people how they should connect with us online today? Well, Jim, I would love to hear from people on um, our social media. So go to Facebook, look for I Work For Him. And there, um, I just want to remind people that they can see actual pictures of the people that we're talking to. So I know for me, I'm a visual person. I love to go, oh, who was that? I know I heard them. I listened to them, but um, be able to see their face. We post that on a daily basis along with the podcast. So if they wanted to share the content, I believe today is one of those days where we're going to have things that we're going to talk about that they're going to want to share with maybe um, somebody that they're connected to through a ministry that they love and are endeared to. So hold on tight and listen and be ready to share that from Facebook. A shout out to our stations all over Tampa Bay, Jacksonville, St. Augustine and Folkestone, Georgia, and all over the Hampton Roads area of Virginia. And all of you listen to the podcast around the world, just know you can always contact us on our listener line, 866-713-9675 or on our website, contact us. We hear from people all the time. You know, as a Christ follower, Fellowshipping usually means there's food involved, but it's not always the case. The Outcomes Conference comes once a year for just for all of the members of the Christian Leadership Alliance. We've been fellowshipping with hundreds of people from all over the US, of the U.S. who are at this event in Dallas, and we want to bring you a few of the stories we've captured. We are meeting some neat, neat people. We're assembled together with over a thousand people who are working on making sure their organizations are working as effectively and efficiently as possible for the kingdom each and every day. Christian Leadership Alliance specializes in making sure that this happens each and every day. We specialize in making sure that you get to see God at work in all these situations. Make sure you check out the Christian Leadership Alliance online, christianleadershipalliance.org. Stay tuned as we talk today with Peter Persuti and John Wiley about their faith in action as they take on organizational risk management and legal issues. No, don't turn your no, don't turn the channel. Wait, 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 wait <laughs> do you find out how how being a lawyer and how being a really good insurance guy can turn the world upside down? John and Peter, welcome to I Work for Him. Great to be here, John. Thank Jim. you very much. All right, so I, I know yes, that's thanks. right. That's right. She's actually really the star. I'm just here to help make her look good each and every day, which by me being here makes her look good. As John <laughs> said, he dressed up for the radio show today, and so did we because I've got been told I had a face for radio. All right, John, you first. <laughs> How did you come to be a follower of Jesus? Well, I was in high school when I first really uh, heard the the idea of having a personal relationship. I'd grown up going to church, but um, uh, began to be active uh, in Young Life and went to a Young Life camp uh, between my junior and senior year and heard a bunch of stuff I'd never heard before and and um, uh, gave my life then. So was there a point in time in your life, John Wiley, when you realized, wow, my faith should be impacting every bit of my life, including my work. Did you ever have that aha moment where you realized that your work in the law field was just as important as that of the pastor behind the, the preaching behind the pulpit? Well, it I think was in law school, I, I um, had the opportunity to be going to a, a 
great law school, but got in my first semester there and found out I wasn't liking it very much and thought about pursuing some other career mm-hmm. opportunities, uh, seminary or full-time ministry. And and um, I had a an older friend who uh, fortunately encouraged me to, to stick it out and see if there might be some way that my my desire to be involved in ministry and this kind of a lifelong desire mm-hmm. to um, study the law might come together. And uh, and then over the course of the next couple of years, that began to crystallize. That's awesome. So somebody else speaking into you and saying, you know, I think God's got something for you to use. I, a lot of times we um, hear from our listeners that, you know, God gave them the ability to do something really well, and they shouldn't feel guilty about that if it's not preaching from a pulpit. And God's given you a platform unlike any other. So Peter, how about you? Tell us... Um, how you first became a follower of Jesus Christ, just so we can get to know a little bit about Peter. Well, you know, it's interesting because when I was very young, there was always this sense that this is our, this young man has a calling. And I remember as a growing up Mm. Italian Roman Catholic that, you know, the priest would come to our house, take us, you know, on trips with a bunch of other guys. Of course, we would never do that today. But eventually, um, I saw that uh, I had a talent for the classical languages, believe it or not. And Mm -hmm. so Latin and Greek as an academic field is something that I pursued. And with that came the church along with it. Imagine Mm -hmm. I'm being able to read the New Testament in in Koine Greek, for example. And so pursuing a PhD, actually. And even, you know, what do you do with a PhD? Do you um, publish and perish, become a professor, which again, I taught in graduate school and that was no offense fun. to all the professors listening to the show today. Oh, <laughs> but, but, but I actually yeah. took a job at a Benedictine boys boarding school where I could teach Latin and Greek. Latin was required, but I also could coach and take students to Italy and Greece where I had spent years and years. I mean, I spent wow. many years in, inside the Vatican, mm-hmm. many years in the digs of, of Greece. And of course, so much of my work then, my academic work, was about this civilization that existed. And of course, uh, probably the one of the most transforming moments was for me to then take a group from my church to Israel and to now see the topography and to be able to take these words that I translated you know, the inspiration of the gospel uh, from Greek and be able to see the topography of it. Mm-hmm. It, it was just uh, unbelievable. So for me, it's it, it came at a very early age. And if anything, I've been blessed in my work because every day I'm dealing with different faith traditions, all there to glorify God. And, and so I love it when we pause and we pray. And each faith tradition has a different way of mm-hmm. praying, of expressing so that love of God. So I feel very blessed that I truly, I had that very early calling and it's manifested itself. Let's think about that, going from an academic, a classicist, to working now for a global broker in, in the insurance world. Believe it or not, there is a connection to all of that and it's around my faith, if you think about it. Well, when we, we'll hear that in the next couple of segments. I really want to make sure we talk about that. But let's talk about the Christian Leadership Alliance. You know, both of you guys are here and you guys are actually part of the advisory council, so you guys are really involved in the Christian Leadership Alliance. Talk to us about how it's impacted your ability to be a leader within your organization. John Wiley. Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, A lot of times when I've come to these conferences, as an example, I come to uh, speak and and teach, but, you know, it's the... 
um, the old adage that that you take away more than than you bring yeah. to the party, and it just being with with uh, other leaders, learning about how other people think and problem solve and and manage risk, weigh risk, etc. Um, it's just been a real mutually beneficial relationship over the. Uh, it's, I've been involved for 35 years now. Well, so you were like a youngster right out of college when this thing started, when you got involved. That's fantastic. I, I, I was... Um, I'm sure that's I, elementary I school. I wish I could say years. I was only six when I went to that first <laughs> conference, but, you know, it was... Um, this in is the Christian Talk Radio, John. First <laughs> year after, um, uh, after law school, um, I, I started wow. getting involved because the firm I was working with worked with with a number of ministries, and oh. so that's uh, my... My involvement goes back to the beginning. Excellent. Wow. And so, Peter, for you, what is it that you, um, when you come to a Christian Leadership Alliance Outcomes Conference, mm-hmm. what is it that you look forward to that you know that you're going to somehow, God's going to show up and, and um, make an impact for you? Well, first off, I represent a company of over 30,000 employees, and I'm excited that I have a group Every year I get to bring a different group of folks who are committed to serving the church in these roles of insurance, risk management, health and welfare, all of that. And so, in fact, one of our gentlemen coming this year, he's a former pastor. He's now gone to the dark side. He's become an insurance agent, <laughs> but he's part of our religious practice. So <laughs> could be worse. He so could be he, a lawyer. Wait, oh, too bad is we don't have more time to is talk about that. Is he a manager within your, your Well, he's actually a broker. He's so a he's, broker. He's learning the insurance. He's, he's been so, on the insurance. So he's not a former pastor then. He still gets to pastor right where he's at. Thank you. Amen. That's exactly right. right. We come back, Love it. Lots more of the conversation with Peter Pursuti and John Wiley as we broadcast you from Dallas, Texas. Oh, boy, is it beautiful outside today. Just gorgeous. 70 degrees. Beautiful, light little temperatures so glad to be able to share that with our audience as we broadcast across the country we're here at the outcomes conference courtesy of the christian leadership alliance i'd love for you to check them out online christianleadershipalliance.org christianleadershipalliance.org we're talking today with john wiley from sherman howard it's a law firm he specializes in helping nonprofits with preparing for just so they never have to have a lawsuit and peter pursuti with aj gallagher a, a huge worldwide insurance agency one of the biggest one of the best peter you were in the middle of a thought well, I, what I was uh, saying is that the Christian Leadership Alliance has been a, a great partnership for Gallagher because it is one of those places where we can come and meet leaders who are faith-based and, mm-hmm. and obviously who are committed to managing risk, which, again, is part of our, our work, if you will. So, um, <laughs> yes, because some don't even care. Well, we, they don't know that they don't care. Right, they we, I think right. that that's a, or maybe the devil's involved, and somehow Satan has gotten the best of them. There so, you go. and nothing breaks my heart more than to think about how we're grieving about Willow Creek Church, for example, and the moral feasance there. We it was so hard to believe that that uh, that that our hero, that our founder, that somebody who exuded leadership. In fact, it, I, it was important for me to watch every one of his leadership sessions might, in fact, have failed, had sinned. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, uh, we were working very closely with Willow Creek uh, as an example to help them manage their way through that uh, very difficult time. Well, and then what's important to recognize about that is that we can't worship men. We worship God, right. and men will fail. That's right. And, um, you know, the, he, he is not the only one. He just happened to have a global leadership conference that hundreds of thousands of people went to every year, and everybody right. knows his name. 
So one of the things I love about the two of you being paired together on our show for today is the fact that you actually are helping people get the opportunity to be proactive instead Mm -hmm. of just reactive. Um, I know that we live in a world where a lot of times it's like, well, I don't know what I don't know until something happens and then I have to figure out how to fix it. Um, but both of you being in um, on the legal side and the risk management side, um, helping nonprofits specifically with this um, assessing where they're at, what they're doing, and then how they can protect themselves before things happen. So I'm really excited to have that conversation today. All right. So Peter, why don't we go, we're going to detail this segment on what you guys are actually doing. So tell, tell us in a minute or so, what, what is it that you do? What's the Lord, what ministry to the Lord have you called to mm-hmm. each and every day at well, AJ Gallagher? It's, it's very much all about stewardship and how do we, if you think about it, we're trying to protect two very important assets, the people of the church and their reputation, as well as the buildings or those things that become assets, if you will, their endowments. And so uh, our work is around, number one, trying to find appropriate insurance mechanisms that they can afford to transfer the risk to, in order to be sustainable and be there in the future. And when you say and transfer risk, most people are listening going, wait a minute, what's that mean? When you buy insurance, you're paying somebody else to take your risk. That's what the, that's what it means to transfer your risk. You're taking it from your your on your back, put it on somebody else's back, but you're paying them to do it. Yep, exactly. And and never do we want that transfer to to lead to a moral or a morale hazard, if you will, in terms of that means that we don't have a responsibility in all this. Uh, at the mm-hmm. end of the day, it's all about you know, taking something and making it better for the future generations, if you will. So, and I want to also say that, you know, risk isn't about what we should avoid. You know, as I think about the importance of this conference, many of our organizations, and I'm going to be talking about this in my session, what exactly is risk? And quite frankly, there is the upside of risk and the downside of risk. And so there are things that perhaps our faith-based groups should have done that they didn't, that has led to their lack of relevance, if you will, lack of followers. And so part of the call to stewardship is is equally, how do we change? How do we mm. manage uh, change and and manage risk, if you will? So That's again. a great tweetable tweet by Peter Pursuti. Risk isn't always something we should be avoiding. And, and it's so true. Go ahead, John well, Wiley. Yeah, I was going to just add to that. I mean, I get asked... Uh, and advise all the time about risk management and how can we avoid it. And I said, you know, you've got to be kidding. If you want to avoid risk, go in the closet and <laughs> shut the door. I mean, a risk is part of what you... But there are plenty of skeletons in the closet. Well, oh. that's, a different, that's a different segment of the show, I think. But, but um, you know, there is going to be risk in... Whatever you do. I mean, if you're taking kids to camp, if it's on a bus, if they're doing activities, kids are going to get hurt. I mean, but there are ways of doing things prudently, appropriately, using... Um, we call it mitigating our risk, Mitigating, right? I mean, the legal term is exercising fiduciary responsibility, which is basically being making smart decisions as to how you do the ministry, what what risk, what precautions you're going to take, etc., and and doing the things you're going to do as wisely as possible. So talk to us, John Wiley, then, at Sherman Howard. What exactly, what is your day-to-day, as you work alongside nonprofits, tell us day-to-day what God has you doing? Well, um, <laughs> 
tried explaining that to my kids for years, and it's, you know, it's a lot of, <laughs> a, lot of a lot of meetings and a lot Dad, of calls. Dad, as long as you yeah. give me a new car, or you can pay for college. I don't care what you do. That's fine. No, um, well, we're a, a law firm of a couple hundred lawyers. It's a broad commercial law firm, so we we help a a ministry in whatever area of the law that it may need, whether it's real estate or employee benefits or intellectual property, et cetera. Where I personally spend a lot of my time would be governance issues, international issues, etc. A lot of religious liberty work, which is um, very significant. How do the uh, constitutional and statutory protections and exemptions apply to religious organizations? And, um, and then that has really come into focus, um, intense focus, the last several years in certain areas, um, like the what we commonly refer to as the intersection of the, the law related to sexual liberty and how that intersects with religious liberty. And that's a longer conversation well, it is and a topic. longer conversation. I'm not sure the Constitution dealt with that directly, uh, but that's something that really has come up. I mean, they want law written about it. And, and, and it Sure, the Constitution didn't deal with it directly, but our society and um, has caused those two things mm-hmm. to intersect. Uh, we've got a long-standing constitutional and statutory protection that organizations can hire people of similar faith and conviction, and so, but that can be pursued as discriminating against other people who don't share those views. And so that's uh, an example of where we're seeing that intersection right now. Mm. So along those lines, you know, a lot of people, we get, um, we start to hear about legal needs and things like that. And and you can maybe kind of tune out to the world that's going on around you because there's uh, maybe just, I don't know, a lot of legal details that need to be dealt with. But in your job, what, how does it give you a unique, a unique vantage point into the brokenness that's going on in the world around us? Well, I've said before that, you know, I get to be involved with ministries and see some of them doing um, some of the most incredible things in the world. Mm-hmm. But because of our job, we deal with the the underbelly, if you will, uh, things that go wrong, that have hurt people, cost money, um, uh, done done damage, and that whether that's legal, reputational, uh, personal, etc. I mean, we've had a lot of ministries that have been involved in child protection types of issues, and uh, those are really really difficult. Um, but they're just people right. working uh, for these organizations, and that stuff happens. Right, and it's important to understand the underbelly is not always bad because that's where the bacon comes from. Okay, <laughs> I no, grew up in Minnesota. Uh, I'm telling Jim, you, I, I gotta tell you, that's that's the that See, first you, time I've heard that. And you need that's where we need to focus. We need to focus. That there's a glass half full from Jim Brangenberg, a rare moment, and I work for him because. The underbelly is where the, <laughs> is where the bacon comes from. Hey, and in a lot of ways, think about it. It's where your bacon comes from, too. I was hoping you weren't uh, going to go there. Oh, well, <laughs> you got to get paid to do what we do. That's what God designed it. All right, Peter Pursuti, talk about your work in the insurance world. If the world wasn't broken, we wouldn't need insurance people. But the world is broken. 
So we need insurance people. How does your work at AJ Gallagher, being a risk manager, working alongside nonprofits, you how does it give you a unique vantage point into the brokenness of this world? And hey, you got thirty seconds. Wow, that's quick. But anyway, so it's a little bit different from John in terms of I lead our global religious practice, and we have hundreds, if not thousands, of people with inside inside our company that are providing all those services. On the one hand, my job is to motivate, educate, equip all of our consultants and if you think about it if we can in any way take some of these insights from all of our consultants all over the world as we speak right now Notre Dame Notre Dame the cathedral is burning mm -hmm. and you know and I just came I was just a couple of weeks ago in Christchurch right a week before the shooting but I was there to see a very tragic earthquake impact of you know and and the the tra the, the dealings with what are we going to do with these properties if you will and so uh, part of my job is to is to is to really connect these ideas and and make us valuable in terms of our consultation back to the the sector that needs the, this advice. Lots more coming up right here. And I work for him as we're at the Outcomes Conference in Dallas, Texas, courtesy of the Christian Leadership Alliance. Go to online christianleadershipalliance.org. If you are a nonprofit organization, a Christian nonprofit organization in this country, and you want to know how to do it with excellence, how to be a great steward of what you have, and keep improving, improving, improving. You need to become a member. You need to attend the next Outcomes Conference. It'll be online any day now, christianleadershipalliance.org. All right, these guys were just chomping at the bit to actually talk about some hot topics, things that these guys are dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis from a risk, man risk management standpoint, which is really what both of them deal with, John Wiley from Sherman Howard and Peter Pursuti from A.J. Gallagher. Two guys deal with risk management from two different standpoints. One guy from an insurance standpoint, the other guy from a legal standpoint. But really, the law is all throughout everything you do because Peter Pursuti, everything you sell is a legal document. Sometimes it's 150 pages long, horrible to read, just absolutely more than snooze material, but so necessary. Yeah. And, and John, you're trying to help people, help organizations get prepared so that they don't have to have a lawsuit, yet those things are both inevitable. You're never going to be able to cover everything. And because it's too uh, expensive to cover everything, and you're never going to be able to prepare everything because there's new stuff coming. Exactly right. So give us the first hot topic you want to deal with, some things you, you well, see how people can struggle you, how with. How can you not be talking about the child sexual abuse crisis? And you know what's interesting? It's not a church crisis. It's not a uh, U.S. crisis. Mm -hmm. It is a public health global issue and something how shame on us that we've let down our vulnerable people, our children, if you will. And it's funny because much of it came to light here in Dallas, uh, what, about 15 years ago. And we thought we learned, it came initially through the Catholic Church, we thought we learned. But think about the iterations of Penn State, the U.S. Olympic Committee, Michigan State, uh, the, the, and it's even manifest itself. Part of my discussion in my session this week is about parsing that word misconduct, because it's not just misconduct with children, but now it's obviously but, adult but, misconduct. But Peter, I'm going to interrupt you because you're saying, you know, we, we've we've let down our, our most vulnerable people. We've been murdering them at the, to the tune of, you know, somewhere between two and Great five point. million a year. Yes. You yeah. know, in this country, last year there were 65 million abortions around the globe. Yeah. The, you know, you, I mean, the reason these kids are getting abused is we've stopped valuing life altogether. That's mm. right. Yeah. I mean, and so you talk about a crisis. We've murdered 65 million children. That's the entire population of California, New York, and Florida. No, excuse me. It was California, Florida, and Minnesota. I figured it out one day. Mm -hmm. and went through and added them all together. I mean, talk about it. Lose those three states. There, every presidential election would be total mess without Florida and California. I mean, that, so listen, in that context, 
How do we start to deal with this? Because sin is rampant everywhere we go. Child pornography is rampant everywhere we go. How do we deal with well, this? Well, I, I still believe that the local church has to be the hope of the world. Amen. And, it was Jesus' idea. You know, and so uh, we're going to do all that we can. And part of what I find interesting is the power of of that local ch- church at, through venues like CLA, connecting, collaborating, and empowering, and, and coming together and, and seeing the strength of his message, if you will, through, and in fact, even when we can bring a group of them together through insurance and you know, find more economic ways to do it or to retain risk prudently, if you will. So um, just a thought, you know. Well, and we also need to be mindful that we don't compound the issue. I mean, when, when there, something comes up, it needs to be dealt with and, you know, with transparency and accountability. I mm-hmm. think that for so many years... Um, the issue is compounded through denial and blaming the victim, et cetera. And or trying so, to protect our reputation, which is no doubt, no yeah. doubt, you know. Mm-hmm. And and um, you know, so from when when we get involved uh, working with organizations, and unfortunately, I've had way more experience in that space than I ever um, thought I I would. Uh, we we don't you know a lot of lawyers would take kind of a, a hunker down and let's circle the wagons let's protect ourselves let's not admit anything um, et cetera as the 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 best legal defense and uh, and and maybe in some areas of the law working with secular clients uh, you know maybe an environmental area maybe that's a good legal strategy but for ministries where there has been this kind of wrongdoing um, I think actually the best legal approach um, doing it of course carefully but the best legal approach is to do the right thing and where (laughs) mistakes have been made you're going to have to own it and Mm -hmm. and there may be um some very significant consequences do you guys start what you just said we got to do the best legal the best legal thing is to do the right thing okay we're talking about jesus followers we're we're talking about jesus followers who are running organizations (laughs) we don't have an option to do anything else we don't have an option to shove stuff under the rug what would jesus do well yeah i mean that's great we're saying that now but it's been done the human condition and and that's what's been done for for uh, centuries but we know certainly the last decades in the church and parachurch organizations, uh, universities, etc. That's there is that that human nature, and I, I, you know, suspect it's been going on from Centuries. from the beginning. But Absolutely. you know, there's something to be said about the learning organization in terms of. I think 15 years ago, I thought the right thing was to take that clergy and put them in treatment. We actually now today in 2019. It's a crime. We immediately report it. That's a very different, and that comes with knowledge and 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 insight and mm-hmm. hopefully the spirit working in our lives. But we're handling problems the way the world handles problems. We serve an almighty God with a supernatural presence, with the ability to bring supernatural healing, and it seems like so often we deal with... This is what the law says. This is what we're capable of doing as human beings. We forget 
the supernatural power of God on all this. And, I, and that's really my challenge. I mean, because insurance, this is my, when we ran our insurance agencies, we said for the unpredictable tomorrow, peace of mind today. That's what our tagline was, because that's what you do. Mm-hmm. You're trying to bring peace of mind because people are worried about things. And John, you're trying to help people be prepared. But when sin happens and it will happen, we as a church, and I would say we don't even use the word parachurch organization on I work for him because we're all part of the church. That's you right. guys, you guys Capital are all C. part of the church, right? Yep. We're all yep. part of the church. But we have to be so careful to say, well, this is the way the world handles it, so we're going to handle it the world's way. Because the church should stand out. And so, for so many years, the churches look just like the world. That's why the world say, well, if the the world just looks like the church, then what's the point of having the church? Martha, you wanted to say something. Well, I did, because um, first of all, I just want to, if if listeners are just tuning in, they really need to know where this conversation is coming from, because um, this may be something that they need to be thinking about, whether they volunteer on a board um, of a nonprofit organization or whether even just as a as a member of a church to to think about what the church is doing um, to to be prepared and to be proactive and to um, set themselves up for better success in the long run legally and with insurance. So we're talking today with John Wiley from Sherman Howard and Peter Pasciutti from A.J. Gallagher talking about risk and legal advice and not giving advice because I know that there'd be disclaimers we'd have to give and all of that. But this whole conversation while we're at the Christian Leadership Alliance Outcomes Conference, Jim, is to help people to understand that we can take the right approach in um, who we even bring on into our company um, or our organization to say, you know what, um, help us to be prepared. Help us to think about what it is that we're doing. And John, you had said something about transparency. And I think what so many people in the in the media and when they're watching the news, they're seeing, you know, glorified, dramatic, um, let's take down the guy that, you know, made this horrible mistake or this gal that um, took some money or whatever it is that the, the, the choices that they made that were wrong, um, as opposed to looking at it from a biblical perspective and saying, okay, this was wrong. I know it was wrong and we're going to deal with it and we're going we're gonna to do what's right from a biblical perspective. And I bet you there's a lot of organizations that don't actually think about that on the front end. That, you know, how are we going to address? So are you helping people to, to, to have those conversations before things happen so they know we want to be transparent in all that we do? Or Well, we, we try to help folks. <laughs> I mean, everybody and any of the organizations with whom I work, um, who work with children, whether they're ministry or secular nonprofits, mm-hmm. I, I always say it's not a question of if there is an issue. It's a question of when and how bad mm. it's going to be. That's unfortunate, but um, that I feel a need to say that. Sure. But, uh, but that ho- presents a great opportunity, though, for the church to be part of the solution. If we have a society that is hurting, that has weakness, what this is what we're we, whether it's poverty or it's the lack of safe environments or p- predators, um, the church has a tremendous opportunity to be back in that public square because now we're all we can't go to the movie theater. Right. Where's the church? And in fact, if you're a Methodist church, why not partner with the Anglican and the Independent? And in fact, with your public schools. In fact. How about your local authorities? What great resources you could get from your fire and your rescue and your police? Well, and John Wiley, I, I apologize. I hijacked you earlier on in the conversation because I really because I want us to be thinking outside of the box. Because so often the church approaches 
issues in a non-supernatural way. Yet we serve a supernatural God. And so I apologize for hijacking because it, you know you you do have a, a Juris Doctorate. You are way smarter than I am. But how do we? How do you encourage Christian nonprofits? Because your secular nonprofits aren't going to have that perspective. But how do you encourage your Christian nonprofits to recognize the power of God to bring healing, even when there are significant consequences to be had? Mm. That's a really good question, and um, fortunately, the ministries that um, I have the opportunity to work with uh, don't usually need convincing when you're talking with the um, the right people at the right level. Uh, it's a very different world now than I think it was 30 years ago mm-hmm. when they would have thought about these things differently but um, fortunately uh, not not that many of the boards I work with or the senior leadership teams need to be convinced to do the right thing you know, if an, you will yeah and interesting uh, I find I was intrigued with on the financial side of budgeting when you think about budgeting there's nothing supernatural about it in fact it takes away the supernatural. I disagree with you entirely, well, Peter Pursuti. Well, let, me, let, let me finish. Tell because, us why. Because a budget is something that you you build at the beginning of the year and you it lays out. What what I found is in the evangelical church, I would see this line item called winds of the spirit. It would be a, a set of money, contingency of money that would be there in the event of an inspiration or inspired moment that would allow them to respond or proactively take on something that they might not have budgeted for. We're talking today with Peter Pursuti. He's from A.J. Gallagher, and we've got John Wiley in here for Sher- from Sherman Howard. These guys are experts at helping nonprofit organizations, specifically in this conversation, Christian nonprofit organizations, too minimize their risk, prepare themselves for those things that may unfortunately happen, and then how to deal with those things. All right, John Wiley, you were kind of uh, just going, hey, I really have something I want to talk about, so I want to make sure I just, here's the floor. Go ahead, John Wiley. Well, I mentioned before that we have done a lot of work in um, in the religious liberty area, and that's um, uh, certainly a very current topic that we help uh, a lot of churches and ministries with is the... When you say religious liberty, let's explain that for the greater audience, please. Yeah, so that would involve both constitutional um, uh, rights and protections and exemptions, as well as the ones that are in the law, referred to as statutory. Um, So uh, both cases that are based on the Constitution and that are based on on the statutes, surrounding religious liberty and and as everybody knows there has been a a major intersection between um, some of those cases and rights and beliefs and ones that have to um, that impact uh, the SOGI community that's an acronym for sexual orientation gender identity and religious organizations can be perceived as as discriminatory or um, uh, hate-based uh, sort of organizations uh, because they want to exercise their rights to choose who will be employees and volunteers based upon whether they agree with the statement of faith. And, um, and that certainly is a well 
uh, established legal principle, constitutional principle, etc. And we help a lot of organizations develop their policies and their practices for doing that. But um, I guess one thing that I've been giving a lot of thought to the last several months is that I, I see ministries that are and, and churches that are in such a defensive posture of um, feeling a need to protect the rights that they have um, that I'm, I'm concerned about the broader message that it's communicating to the world at large and, and, and communicating to those who are part of the, the um, LBGT community and a broad group of, of people in our country and in our world who are supportive of that group. And many of those people are not believers. And so I think it's a very... So what do you mean? Be, be more specific. You're, ta- you're talking like a lawyer. Um, <laughs> I know, I know, but you were trained to do that. But because to me, the biggest impact is on the gospel. Because for so, right. because exactly. for so, for so often, for so many years, for so often, for so many years, decades, maybe even hundreds and hundreds of years, we have alienated people who have, um, uh, it, who have this that the gay, lesbian, mm-hmm. uh, the LGBTQ thing is is more recent, but. Other, but there have been other segments for right. hundreds of years, and, and, and that's exactly what I'm saying. I mean, as we think about uh, organizations, churches, whether it's local, national, international, do you think about how to um, protect the, the right to carry out your mission? I, I, just, I, I hope that they think seriously about how the message is given mm. and how it's communicated to the non believing world so it's a um because we are representing the love of the creator the love of of jesus christ and i i hope our ministries don't get too bogged down in protecting our legal rights that 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 broader mission of the church gets lost so how do we do that how talk to our listeners that may be saying well okay but but I, I know that this is the foundation that we're built upon, but how do we um, be both how, and without being hypocritical? Because that's, I think, great, the question. It's a great question. And I think that uh, it comes back to notions of humility and respect uh, and embracing, I mean, recognizing that we, we're, we're all fallen um, I have a couple of children with disabilities. Uh, Their um, disabilities are, you can't hide them Mm -hmm. um, because they have physical disabilities, cerebral palsy. Well, the reality is all of us are disabled. Some of us can hide it better than others. And so rather than pick out a a group of people, people and target them and say, you know, look at them, those people, their mm. particular activity is bad. I mean, we're, we're all there. Right. And, and I mean, but if you think of the life of Christ, the thing I always go back to is, is he was probably more, attra- first off, there was the letter of the law. He was very much against, you know, the law, the rigidity of the law. There's, there's some law coming in here in terms of what John is speaking about in terms of sure. the 21st century. But also the potential for transformation that comes with these people that we can serve who are different from us, who haven't, for whom the gospel hasn't touched. That to me 
it's an incredible form of ministry. And so we have to balance the law with the love. Well, and that was Jesus. Jesus brought that up so so often. So we're talking. We're broadcasting today from Dallas, Texas, courtesy of the Christian Leadership Alliance and their Outcomes Conference. We got Peter Pursuti in here from AJ Gallagher, and we got John Wiley in here from Sherman Howard. It's a law firm. We're talking about things that that Christian nonprofits can be aware of and how they deal with them. But so here's what I find, John Wiley, as you were mentioning, and Peter, you you're kind of hinting at it, is that so often these organizations are worried about protecting their kingdom. Their organization at the sake of or at the cost of sacrificing the kingdom of the God kingdom. and the kingdom versus their kingdom and and I think that's really what this comes down to because sometimes they're 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 willing to fight 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 at the cost of the people that the kingdom of God was created for exactly is that what you're trying to say that's that's exactly what I'm trying to say you know we have to remember to um, hold some of these different values in tension and 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 approach them, um, I used the word before, humility, um, that, you know, we're all sincerely seeking to carry out the truth and as we understand it, but that's where the humility comes from, is that none of us really have a corner on that, and we're trying to do the best. But we do know that um, more than anything else, um, remember, Christ was asked the question by a lawyer, you know, what's the greatest law? And he said, love God and, and love, love neighbor, love neighbor, right. everything else falls from that. And I think we, we sometimes lose that. Peter? No, I, I think that the, the reality, though, of the 21st century is that we do have laws. We do have to, uh, part of the continuity of the organization is, is to bring that talent to bear, that insight, that education to bear but do it in a way that doesn't compromise your values and your mission. Remember, at the end of the day, non- what makes nonprofits different is their mission and their sustainability. And so I think we, in, in, and I think what's great about the church today is the way we're bringing lay. You folks out there listening, the church needs you. Mm-hmm. We're, we're realizing that the more we can engage this talent, from the community, these people with these different perspectives, because we're a volunteer-based organization. And in fact, it could be through this lay engagement that we even get you to become more committed to your faith. Oh, for sure. You know, you said something that we often say, Jim, that you can't expect pre-Christians to act like Christians. And what you just said, Peter, a little bit ago is you said, for whom the gospel has not yet touched. And Jim, I think that is that is so powerful because they're the one, they're often the ones that these nonprofits are serving oh. is those that are pre-Christians, you mm-hmm. know. But the the gospel hasn't transformed them yet, so how can we expect them? Well, I think a lot of nonprofits get formed because there's a, there's a desperate need to solve this X problem, yeah. and Society. sometimes and yet, yeah, but once a nonprofit has started, how many of them ever decide to no longer exist because they've solved the problem or there's they're <laughs> they're, they're just no longer called to do that anymore? It's changed, but yet they will fight for their sustainability sustainability whether they're supposed to be there or not and i think that also comes to some of the issues you guys see that where they're like i'm they're fighting to exist for their kingdom instead of the kingdom right i mean it goes in there go ahead john nope i i i see it all the time and and for some there's a season uh, but it's really hard to admit that there's a season and the and the calling may have come to a to a close, or can be passed off or integrated with someone else. That's where I, the... I form ten 
or 20 for every one I dissolve. You know, and that's almost where, um, <laughs> yeah. Well, but, you know, it's all about me instead of the organization. I mean, I think even being here at the CLA meeting, there are term- this collaboration could lead to aggregations, could lead to consolidations that could be so it much should. more powerful. It should lead to all of those things. It should lead to economies of scale. John Wiley and Peter Pursuti, thank you guys for being on I Work for Him today. Boy, really too. appreciate it. Thank really you for your ministry, you. Jim and Martha. My uh, pleasure. All right, make sure you check out online Christian Leadership Alliance, ChristianLeadershipAlliance.org. The Outcomes Conference next year. Too late for you to be there this year because we're already here. We don't want you to check it out. You've been listening to I Work for Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I, I work, work for Him. him.